You're listening to The 685, a WW Sports podcast covering the world of professional wrestling. Here are your hosts, Jaws Richardson and Matt Carey. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to this edition of The 685 here on the WW Sports podcast feed. I am your host, Josh, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Mr. Matt. How's it going, sir? Uh, I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling like I can uh, see the glass half full once again, and I think I'm just ready to get down to some wrestling once more. Good. All right. This is for uh, – what, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk uh, some of our um, – Thoughts on TakeOver Cardiff, the results there. Uh, we're going to talk AEW's All Out, kind of how we felt about the end of that show. And I think we're going to talk uh, the Clash of Champions pay-per-view, uh, which is the first time it's being held since 2017. So they didn't hold, yeah. it, last, they didn't hold it last year because of Evolution. And uh, I think the, this is the first the time they're calling it Clash instead of Night of Champions, right? No, this is actually the third edition. I had to, I, I did look this up. Okay. Clash, Clash of Champions 2016. The main event was Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title. Clash of Champions 2017, last time they held this event, uh, took place in Boston. And it was AJ Styles defending the title against Jinder Mahal. Whoa. Right? It didn't hinder the gender that day. Yeah. All right. Think about just right there, like that's like two years ago. It's not that long in the grand scheme of things. How much the landscape of wrestling has changed? I think two years, the past oh, yeah. five years. We'll say in the past five years, each year it's almost been like, oh my god, what next? It can't get any crazier than this. Then the next year seems to top it with the craziest stuff that happens. With this year being the advent of AEW into the mix, NXT going to TV, with. All the signings and moves and the shakers from the independency now getting more time in this like wrestling renaissance that's been going on currently. It is fascinating just going back one year and seeing how everything is just such such drastically different, right? Yeah, lift. Yeah, you you and I had talked about this what about six months ago. I said, Mm -hmm. Matt, we are getting very close to the to another golden age of professional wrestling. And I honestly think we're there now. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you, you literally have any type of wrestling you want to watch. You can find it online through a legitimate service, you know, either either Bleacher Report or Fight TV or Twitch or WWE Network or New Japan World. You pick it, you can find your way to watch it. Yeah, and now that they're going to be adding um... – AEW is getting their shot on TNT. You're also getting WWE, who's already been on USA, but now they're going to be going to Fox, which is huge which is network network television. And on top of that, um, Impact now has another TV deal, allegedly. Right, so, because because the parent company of Impact uh, is an investment group. I want to say Mark Cuban is part of yeah. that investing is investment group. It's Access. And, yeah, it's a- it's AXS, and he's put money into that, and they've acquired a few things. Um, and because of that, now Impact's going to be on TV again. Right? Like, what the what because, the hell is going on? Um, AXS was playing a lot of English language New Japan uh, right. 
in America, and I guess it was doing such good numbers, they said, well, we better buy in on this. Right, and I didn't really watch those versions of New Japan shows. I always grabbed it off of New Japan World and listened to it in the Japanese, but I, I'm i also picking up the Japanese language as uh, as another language I'm learning, so it it was good for me to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... I don't know. It's one of those things. It, you, you and I are nerds. We watch, we watch anime and stuff too. Depends Weeb. on what. Weeb. Eh, eh. calling weebs weebs. Whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, as I walk past you, say weeb weeb. <laughs> um, weebs and wrestling. That's the one thing. Like when I was a kid growing up, watching Dragon Ball Z and all this stuff, I watched wrestling. It seemed like those two like uh, right. Right. groups were very separate. But now today, it is like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, but uh, it, kind of my point is, is if you're watching anime, you have two types of people. You either watch them subbed or you watch them dubbed. So right. sub, you're watching it in the native language. Subtitles dubbed, you're watching in your native language uh, or your whatever language you want to watch it in. So I, I am one of those. Depends on what it is. Will depend on how I do it, but. Yeah. When I watch New Japan, I want to watch it with Japanese commentary because I just like the feeling better. So, uh, anyways, uh, enough about that. Let's 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 go over to Cardiff and talk about one of the best cards I have seen in a long time. Just the, these guys, these guys and gals killed it, man. Like. It, I put it on that pedestal because it's. I had I had high expectations for it, right? right. And, and they knocked it out, absolutely knocked it out, top to bottom. This entire show was great. I was not just pleasantly surprised. Now I saw this after the hype, so you saw this going in. You saw this live, correct? Right. I, wa- I watched that it that morning. I, I watched, watched it the next morning. I watched it the next morning. And I heard everything. Yeah, so so that we saw these from two different directions. You saw this first, and then saw All Out. I saw All Out, and then I saw Cardiff. And um, it might reflect in our opinions of the shows too that we saw. Maybe in the order, it might have changed some things. But um, wow, just if I can just encapsulate the entire review, like spoiler alert. UK Takeover Cardiff was one of the best wrestling events I have ever seen in my life. Period. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. Yeah, C- considering considering the weakest match on the card, it, and this doesn't take anything away from these two competitors. Right. The weakest match on this card was the UK Women's Championship. Yeah, and that yeah. would have been better than most other matches, especially on competing shows in that same weekend, like that was still up there. And it shows that if that's the weakest match, oh my God. Right. Right. The the only those two those two ladies, let, let's start there. Yeah. Uh Kaylee Ray defeats Tony Storm, captures the U, uh, NXT UK women's championship. Mm-hmm. She's now the third holder of that belt since its inception. Um it this story was built because Kaylee Ray and Tony Storm have known each other for a number of years. Da, 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 da. It goes through the whole thing, and, and they kind of reiterate it, and they did it on TV leading into it. This was the, like I said, it it not to take anything away from them, 
this was the weakest match on the card just because I felt it should have burned a little longer before it got to this point. Yeah, I think it's more like they were like, oh, crap, we need to put a women's match on here. Right. Tony needs to to defend the belt. Who do we put her up against? Well, she beat Rhea Ripley, who's the who's the strongest person on that roster. Right. Uh, she, she's gone through three or four of the other women on the roster. Who do we stick her up against? Oh, Kaylee Ray's new. Let's do it mm. that way. They've got history. Yeah. It, 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 it wasn't a cop out at all no. because it, it was a, it was a well done storyline. Just, just a little quick. Right. But... And that, and that was my only complaint. That was my only thing saying this is quote, the weakest match. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really fascinating. Um, the I was not familiar with Kaylee Ray at all, and after I was done, I was like, "All right, wow, she can go. She was really good. I was very yeah. impressed, and and I I'd, I'd be excited to see more more of her work. Of course, I knew who Tony Storm was. Uh, the big surprise for me was, and maybe it's not because I follow that show as closely as the others, but I was very shocked to see Kaylee Ray going over. Um, yeah, same, I, I was like, year, wow. Man. Tony Storm was like the the woman, like she was like almost like their Becky Lynch, not in like character, but in like status on that brand. So Singer dropped the belt to someone like Kaylee Ray, who I didn't think was as prominently shown. I was like, whoa, okay, that's like that kind of set the tone for the rest of the night in a way. Right. Um, you know that match was just before the main event, and True. that's where it should have been on the card. It, it was a good match. It, because the other matches were very hard hitting, this match cooled everything off a little bit. It, yeah. it, overall, the the entire show was structured well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that like I said, if you want to say weakest match, it was this one. But it was just because, like I said, I would have wanted to see this burn a little longer. But true. But. Even then, you know, I don't, I'm not one of those folks that rates matches because I don't, I just say whether or not I like it or I don't. I really like this match. It, it was a good, solid match. You want to watch a solid women's match? Watch this match. True. Period. Oh, yeah. Full, yeah. Totally. Um, then you, then you got to see Joe Coffey and Dave Mastiff basically kill each other. The Haas match. Oh, God. You're like two big guys. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. This isn't going to be pretty. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't pretty, but oh, my God. God, they, they just was... so so. Let, let's let's paint this real quick, Matt. You you watched it. Mm-hmm. I told you. I told you before the fact. I said minor spoiler because this is what you had watched. They broke the ring rope. Yeah, and I, I was love... wondering how that was going to happen because you told me that they broke the ring rope. So in my head, I was picturing how it happened. You kind of described it to me, but it right. still shocked me when I watched it. Right, and, and it's because the. Uh, the turnbuckle came loose. I think the, the, that was not planned. I feel like that was definitely an accident. Right. Um, just because fact, it looked like they had to work around it afterward. Right. They worked around it. And then the fact that they ended up going everywhere because it was the last man standing match. True. It, it turned out really well. Those guys improvised really well. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Dave Mastiff because he's a big dude. They can go. Oh, definitely. But yeah, both of them. I thought that, like, I would love to see, like, and, and this is like me fantasy booking, seeing both of them go against someone like Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan or um, or someone like, uh, remember Bull Dempsey back in the day in NXT? I feel like he feel like he would have fit way better with, like, these big dudes. Or or you have them to go against, like, Otis and, and Tucker, the, oh, the that would um, be fun. If you, heavy if, machinery tag team. Right, if you were going to put these guys in a 
if you were going to put these guys together, even though Joe Coffey's part of Gallus, who right. we'll talk, who we'll talk this about This would just in a be more like a popcorn match, something if you had right. to throw it out there as a pre-show thing to get the crowd going. These right. these two guys were, were horrifically entertaining in every which way. Um, I was When I saw the ring rope snap, I immediately thought of there was some random story about a wrestler talking about how you got to make sure these ring ropes are secure because one of them will take your head off. And when that thing snapped back, I was like, <gasps> like I was like hoping this dude's face wasn't just going to get caved in, snap his neck, something bad happened. But everything was cool. Um, I loved well, how they worked the ring outside, and the crowd was still very engaged with the fight, even though it wasn't in the ring anymore. Um, it felt like a visceral brawl where two guys were trying to. Murder the other. crap out of each other, and I yeah, exactly. You don't get that a lot. A lot of last man standing matches. I hate when they start with an elbow and collar tie up, and you're like, okay, you guys are trying to kill each other, not work a match. Come on, guys. And this felt right. like a, a barroom brawl that was just right in front of everybody. Right, right, and, and uh, the the finish, the finish. You you might want to you you would say, oh, they cheese the finish a little bit. No, that that was brilliant. That was brilliant because it because it continues the storyline. Um, yeah, yeah, because it made it pretty close. The ending, uh, the the ending was when um, it was it was Mastiff kicked the box out from no, no. under. Oh no, Coffee no. kicked the box from right. out from under Mastiff. Mastiff was trying to get up at nine, and remember in the rules that he it, it also showed very smart gamesmanship by Joe because he didn't touch Dave Mastiff. He touched right. the box, yeah, and he, that didn't stop the count because if he kicked and pushed Dave Massive over, that would have stopped the count. And he saw the box, he kicked it, which no touching. I right. you can't, and the ref kept counting. And some people were talking about online, like, "Oh, that's illegal. He should restart." No, 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 no. He touched the box, not the person. Right. That uh, what you're speaking of. The box that you're speaking of is the uh, one of the travel cases that they put the. Uh, video equipment in for the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, they both, both men were crawling their ways up on, on these to try to get themselves stable to get up. Coffee was leaning into one and uh, there was a little bit of space and Mastiff was, you know, about two feet away from him trying to get up on another one. Joe coffee being Joe coffee. Uh, the, the way that everything's been built between uh, him, his, his brother and, and Wolfgang with uh, Gallus they're very cunning. He's like, yes. he see, like you said, he sees his opportunity, kicks that case out from under him, down Mastiff goes, and that's the end of the match. That was a great bit. Like that, I think that what was so cool Be- is that you have a very smart spot in a Hoth match, and it wasn't right. just. It shows that they got brains behind the brawn, and I thought it built a lot of character. In that right. in that small moment, you just built a lot of character. That that cerebral assassin type of moment where like, oh crap, this dude. He you you get that feeling that next time I would see a match from him, I would go, oh, expect the unexpected. Expect him to pull out a win, even if it's underhanded. It wasn't like he was cheating, and that's the best part. It wasn't that he was cheating. He was cunning. He was he was very he crafty. used he used what was there to his advantage. Yes, period. I loved it. Loved it. All right, well, let's talk. The NXT UK Tag Team Championship match. Uh, there was a first in this match. Uh, we'll just say who won. Uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Gordon Webster picked up the titles. They are the first two Welsh-born uh, wrestlers to win a WWE championship. And I was actually the first time I've learned what Welsh-born actually meant. So 
good on them for educating me. Yeah, I didn't even know. I I felt so dumb afterward. I'm like, oh, Wales, Welsh, duh, put two two together. Speaking of of the Welsh, my my favorite Welsh uh, female superstar was there, too. Oh, who? Which one was that? Tegan Knox. Oh, okay. Yeah, shouts to Tegan. Yeah, and she she actually she actually wrestled on NXT UK today. We're recording on uh, on Wednesday the eleventh, which this show will be out uh, tomorrow on yeah. Thursday the twelfth. So you should be hearing this Thursday or later. Uh, go watch that ma- uh, the match because she kicks people's heads in. It, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it it was uh, Mark Andrews, Flash Gordon Webster. Uh, versus the other two members of Gallus, um, and uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the defending champions, the Grizzled Young Vets. Sorry, it zoned out there for just a second. Um, tag team, like this is like tag team match of the year, like, like full <laughs> stop, man. Oh, easily. These guys just went and went and went and went and went and went. You thinking, oh, they, these guys are gonna win. There were enough false finishes in the match that I felt they were spaced out well. They were done well. You think, oh, Team A is going to get an upper hand. Oh, these guys are going to get an upper hand. These guys are going to get an upper hand. It ended up working out that Andrews and Webster win the match. They're winning it in Cardiff in Wales. The, the crowd goes nuts. Oh, yeah. Absolutely nuts. The first match of the night, they go nuts. Um, like I said, if it, Smart, 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 smart match to put when they did. Um, all six of the guys in there, they just, they worked. I I want to see them do it again. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that, like, I felt like, like that stop. was a moment. Remember when, when the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian and the Dudley Boys had their first table iron and chairs match, and mm-hmm. it made this rivalry between the three teams where we're like, this is it. They're going to be locked into a few forever. I feel like this could be the thing for the UK tag division where these three teams are now, like, they're now intertwined into this beginning of what could be a year's, year's, long feud a legendary feud between all these different people coming in and out of the system that they'll they'll always come back to this i feel like right and i don't want to gloss over this because we we are a little pressed for time this evening Mm -hmm. um but please do yourself a favor please if you have not seen this match go watch this match this... No, no, no. Screw that. Watch the whole pay-per-view. Don't be a cop-out. Watch the whole thing. And and if this is like right. the one pay-per-view you, you, you want to watch, don't just give it. Watch this one whole yeah. one. Sit down. Yeah. Watch it. It's it's less than three hours. Like it's I don't rate pay, I don't rate I don't rate wrestling matches. I don't have stars and thumbs up and thumbs down. But I say if this is like a perfect ten, this is like the perfect ten. This is it. This is the Ty Dillinger of 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 pay-per-views. Who? Ty Dillinger, Dilly. Who? You don't remember Dilly? He Who? used to wrestle a long time ago in WWE. He's—I don't know what he's Who? doing now, but yeah, his name was Ty Dillinger. He's—he's. He's... He looks kind of like that Sean Spears guy. Yeah, they look kind of similar. I don't know if they're brothers or something, but we'll find mm-hmm. out later. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, um, I'm already putting together a list that we're going to talk about maybe at the end of the year of what I think matches of the year are. Mm. This ranks right now number one in tag team matches for me. Okay. Yeah, Just I don't. I full, literally full, wouldn't even think of another one stop. that could get close to it. The fight uh, for two and three would be a lot closer than one and two. Right. Right. Uh, and, and what I feel is though, what I feel is potentially the match stealer of the year. I say stealer because on paper, 
on paper, I figured it'd be good. But yeah. these two gentlemen raised the bar so damn high. I don't know anyone that's going to be able to top it anytime soon. No, not even one bit. You could put AJ Styles and and Kenny Omega and Kachiko, Kazuchiko Kata and all the other like top five star type of tier wrestlers. Those S, hey, don't S, don't forget double hey, S. Hey, hey, hey. Don't forget my boy Johnny Gargano. Oh yeah, Johnny Gargano, of course. Also five star Lars. Star. Five right. star Lars Sullivan, of course. <laughs> um but you, you have all these very top talents that could easily like they've done matches, but it it this was this this is what what okay. I, I feel like I'm going to talk over myself because I'm so excited. But this match wasn't a wrestling match. This was art, period. Like, clinic. if a clinic. clinic, a clinic, an educational clinic on wrestling, but this was also a huge piece of art, period. Oh, it was a performance art. And, and I always say wrestling is a performance art. But in this case, it was so transcendent of just wrestling that here, this is like just a little an- antidote. I was watching. Takeover Cardiff. I was waiting for my girlfriend to come over. I was sitting there watching. She showed up. The match was just starting. She came in. I said, hey, babe, can we watch this match? And then we'll go. She said, sure. She does not like wrestling. She doesn't watch wrestling. She does not care for wrestling. She knows she, about wrestling. but she, she's she, toler- she tolerates it because... She cares about me, so she'll tolerate it. But right. at the end of this, she was on her feet hoping that the little guy would beat the big guy. She was like, holy crap, this guy's crazy, and where can I get more of this when it was over? Right. Uh, of course, we are talking about the UK Championship match. Balter uh, defending against Tyler Bate. Mm. Uh, of course, Walter retains the title, which he had to. I'm like, if you're going to pull the title off of him, that would have been the match to do it. But I figure for right now, you you just had this big old long six hundred and eighty five day reign, which is why we named the show the six eight five. Um, completed by by yeah by by the goat Pete Dunn, um, and you you're saying this is the guy that beat that guy that literally steamrolled everyone that came in his path, mm-hmm. and he's gonna lose to the guy that the other guy beat. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want obviously to pick Right, you, you 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 want to continue to let this burn. I think he holds this belt into next year easily. I feel like they they might do another storyline where Walter's going to hold it and then start like people are going to say, "Oh, is he going to beat Pete Dunne's reign?" And Pete Dunne might be the one to come back and say, "No, screw that. I'm going to take it from him or someone else uh, to try to get that rub." Um, but with his Imperium faction and the storyline building around him and his goons uh, running the ring. And, and what I love is that they're heels, they're bad guys, but in they're like the most respectful bad guys. And, and how I was talking about how, you know, wrestling is art. They right. see their work as art and they oh, are yeah. artists in the ring and you, you will not disrespect our ring. And that's how they see it. They're, they're clinical, they're uh, surgical and they're devastating, and uh, you can't take your eyes off it. And do remember that Walter calls himself the ring general, the ring Uh, general. And Uh, he showed it. That's that's just not talk. He he is the general of the ring, hands down, any night. Right. Okay, so I saw a a screen grab. I I couldn't tell if it was Tyler Bate that he was chopping. He had a guy hung up in the ropes, and he chopped him. The, the screen get, grab 
he was down at the end of the chop. It's one of those clo- uh, closed fisted, like ham fist kind of oh, chops. Yeah. You see the guy's skin come out. That was a picture of that guy who shot on the referee for real after the match. He's a UK wrestler. I forgot his name off the top, but I don't even want to give him the recognition. But he's a piece of crap. He beat up a, ref- uh, a referee because the referee counted three when he forgot to kick out himself. The referee is supposed to call it like a shoot. He called it like a shoot. So then he shot on the referee, and he injured that referee, and the referee can't work anymore, period. It, he was at Rev Pro in the UK, and that same guy, Walter, beat the, pummeled the crap out of his chest in the match months ago. And yeah, that picture it, is very iconic. And yeah. now everyone sees that picture of, oh, screw that guy. He's a piece of crap, and that's what he gets. Well, and this also shows you don't piss off the Austrians. Never, 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 never. We learned that. We learned that from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now he's just reinforcing it, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, dude, just this match had like everything. The match went both ways. You think, oh, Walter's just gonna kill him. That's gonna be yeah. the match. It's gonna be quick. It's gonna be painful. It's gonna be hard to watch. Tyler Bate fights back. You think, okay, maybe he's gonna win. You're up and down and up and down and up and down and false finishes. My only complaint with this match is I felt there were a few too many false finishes, one-two kick-out kind of situations. Right. But in the grand scheme of the entire match, kind of, I've had to stew on this for a couple weeks since we, since I watched it. Uh, and, and I did this on purpose. Now that I've sat on it for a couple weeks, I'm like, those made sense. They made perfect sense. Oh, yeah. Because it just, it, you're on the roller coaster and strapped in. They're going to take you wherever the hell they want. Yeah. When, the when crowd was eating like, out of their hands the entire oh, time. Dude, dude, I was sitting here and eating out of the, out of yeah. their hands the entire time. Exactly. But Same here. Same here. Like I said, it, because I watched this in the morning and then I watched All Out, All Out, to me, but, uh, as we're going to transition to that, All Out didn't feel like it was as good but it's because cardiff was on another level right i'm gonna watch we're, we're gonna watch class of champions this weekend and we're gonna talk about it a little bit maybe maybe in a week or two um and those will be I, kind of three have, that's close enough to compare between the three i suppose right, right. and i'm gonna kind of feel I'm going to kind of feel my way out around it. I've watched a couple episodes of Raw and SmackDown since then, too. Yeah. Um, which the product is getting better on them, which I'm grateful for. Um, but holy crap, man. NXT was on another level. NXT yeah. UK was on it on s- some sort of level. They're, they're, I don't know if they've got like that redheaded stepchild kind of syndrome and they're just trying to outshine everyone. <laughs> New- newsflash, they did. Um, <laughs> Now the next NXT takeover, uh, NXT the, the North American, the main brand, right? When, when they do that, which will probably be before Survivor Series, so that'll be November. Yeah. Um, watch them step up and and uh, try to outdo UK. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. There's definitely a friendly rivalry between all the different oh, brands I, and I, the I, WWE I, umbrella, and it and it you know what is say rising tides 
raids all the ships, and that's what it kind of is in the grand scheme of, of pro wrestling with all the different companies fighting for uh, you know brand supremacy, if you will. But even in the WWE, everyone wants to. There's uh, that famous banner in the Performance Center that says, you're not here to earn a spot, you're here to take a spot. And that's how people are acting, is that they want to be at the top, and to be at the top, you have to take it. To be the man, you have to beat the man, and that's what that's what that was. With Walter and and Tyler Bate putting their they they put their flag down. They said this is the show to beat. Period. Right. And honestly, and this it, this is not knocking AEW because AEW is still very new. And as I have said, and I will continue to say, I reserve a full judgment until the end of the year after they've worked out some of their kinks because new company a lot a lot of things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, they can. They they, they have. (laughs) All out, in my opinion, between these two, direct comparison of these two, because I watched them so close together, All Out was not as good. However, All Out was still very solid, very well done. There's still a lot. There's still a long way to go for AEW to be at that caliber, but they're planting the seeds. I mean, even in Japan... and or WWE to, on their right. best day can't hold a candle to what that pay-per-view was. I think it also had to do with the size and the length of time. Because remember, the show was like less than three hours. Right. Um, yeah, and and so it was a very well-paced show that felt fresh. And you never it never wore out its welcome at any point because it was so quick. It was only four matches as opposed to other ones. So you do have to say that there is sort of a handicap where WWE has these long form shows with many more people that need to fit in. So it might be apples and oranges a little bit, but at the same time, it's still that level of quality throughout. Right. But it, anyways, let's talk AEW. Yeah. Let's transition to that because now you, like we were just saying is you saw NXT first and then AEW. Did you feel that after what, because you watched NXT at that was such fatigued. a high. I was fatigued, dude. Not only were you fatigued, but also did it just kind of sour the, the all out a little more? Um, no. As you were watching it, did you go, were you mentally comparing it to what you just saw and going, well, no, it, it, and, and uh, there, were, there was a gap. Um, I think it ended about two Pacific time or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, between one and two Pacific time. And AEW all out the pre-show started at four o'clock Pacific. So I got up for those two hours. I left the house. I got yeah. up, did what I had to do. I had to run a couple errands uh between the two shows. I left the house and completely unplugged from everything. Right. Uh just just to kind of um to uh cleanse the palate a little bit. Right. Get you know, get out of the house, get don't think about it, do what you gotta do, come back. Uh when I sat down and watched AEW, the the one thing I'm going to give AEW its, cre- its credit on, they have been consistently good about their pacing. A- and I say that be- even a even a direct comparison, both shows were paced very well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, I would definitely agree with that. There was a lot that they had to get through with All Out. All Out, I think, was a little longer than it should have been, but honestly not by a whole lot. Um, you know that we want to say what would have been our match of the night. My match of the whole day was the UK title match. That's yeah, but then already. again, but then again, that's my front runner for match of the year. Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, 
Yeah, but, there's no it, no way that was anything was going to top that from anywhere. Right. Uh, but you have you have some some memorable mo- memorable moments in AEW's show. Yeah. You have Hangman Page coming out on a freaking horse, which is like. <laughs> Looked like Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Yeah. Um, you have Jericho streaming blood down his face, claiming the title, starting the whole stupid bubbly meme that has been going on for two weeks. A little bit time. of the bubbly. Uh, the aftermath where the belt gets stolen. Um, that whole thing. You have the, the Dark Order that's nuts. You have Orange Cassidy becoming best friends with the best friends. You have the Lucha Brothers and... and and the Young Bucks tearing it up. You have Cody and Sean Spears beating the living crap out of each other. You have Darby Allen and Joey Janelle and Jimmy Havoc beating the crap out of each other, In which the they decided to use the barrels, which was great. The Cracker it, Barrel Clash, sponsored by Cracker Barrel, a family-friendly right. affair that was a death match. It was. Uh, you, you know, uh, you you have the Casino Battle Royal, which was which, which was a decent way to open things. I wasn't a fan of who won. I wasn't a fan of the whole thing from start but, to finish. When it came to the pre-show, let me let me let me just butt in for a second hold, here. Hold, hold, okay. hold on, let, let, yeah. let me let me mention let me mention the other match that complements this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Riho and and um, you, you know Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida. Yeah, thank you. Uh, those two great match. We came um, waifu Shida, but um. <laughs> Jeez, uh, but that's the compliment to the Casino Battle Royal. Let's start with the Casino Battle Royal. Uh, let me let me say first that the the buy-in, the pre-show. So they have a pre-show called the buy-in, and in the buy-in, they they want to to sell you on this pay-per-view by right. having the buy-in free on their streaming services. I think it's even on YouTube or even Twitch, uh, on different streaming services for free. And, and, and it's they, free. I think it's free on Bleacher Report too. Also, yeah, free on Bleacher how you do it here Report. So you're watching this show. This is what I'm going to watch to go, hey, I'm going to pay for this show for $50 to watch. Now, we already were going to buy it. We are already fans. But think about the casual fan, the one that's not the hugely online R-squared circle type of user. They come by and they're curious. They see it on Twitter. I go to click it. And if you were coming in to watch this Casino Battle Royal, the – oh, it was botchy. It was sloppy. A lot of the women did not know how to do a proper strike. I feel so spoiled now that we're in the era of the four horsewomen in WWE. That's, you know, Bailey, Sasha, Becky, and Charlotte, who are not perfect. I'm not saying that they're the pinnacle of wrestling, but they're much better, well-rounded, and more technically sound wrestlers than the ones that they had shown uh, on the casino battle royal, even the the whole um, way that they have the format set up is they're coming in in waves, like it's a horde mode in Gears of War, where you have the the people coming out to fight and hop into the ring like a Royal Rumble, but instead of it coming one at a time, they come in these like waves of four or five, and they're supposed to be enemies coming out, but they're all acting like they're buddy buddy gonna hop in and become allies and hop in the ring and then start fighting each other again. Um, uh, the the winner was Nyla Rose. She won the, uh, I guess this is the first women's casino battle royal that put her name as one of the competitors to become the first AEW women's champion. And I'm going to say this with no prejudice. I'm not saying anything political. I don't really give a crap. She is greener than chicken crap. 
She was botchy. She looked gassed after five minutes. And I'm saying this as a fat guy myself. I know my limitations. And this right. person did not know what they were doing. They almost dropped uh, what's-her-face. I think it was like Jordy and Grace on her head. In, a, in a, so many botched spots going left and right, falls, right. people falling out everywhere. It was just afterward. I had a horrible it was, it was taste a in my mouth. It was Such a cluster. a cluster. And you said, this This is the person that you're going to hang your hat on and go, all right marquee for the first women's championship part one is this and i think can can i transition into the other women's match from here hold on let let, let me let me kind of say my piece about the casino Battle yeah Battle. i like the format okay. i i will start with that i like the format that you do in waves the, the horde mode thing it, it's it's different that's why i like it because mm-hmm. everyone knows about royal everyone knows royal rumble yeah. the this this whole thing and the, the, the Joker thing, they didn't really explain the Joker thing again. I think they needed to explain it again. Or have some um, sort of storyline with someone becoming the Joker. Like, right. have a group of people who it could be, so you have yourself guessing. And, 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 and the whole thing that bothered me, not not to totally interrupt you, no, but fine. the one thing that really bothered me is the women that I knew, because I've watched now like four of these shows, Yeah, they weren't prominently featured. No, you're the people that you're trying to, you know, that in this case, the women you're trying to build your division around, they're MIA in this entire match. They're, yeah, they they're, had... they're kind of doing things. Um, they're 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 kind of there. There's one that I knew. I knew Tanel Dashwood because she's my favorite uh, Aussie female su- uh, superstar. So, um, I I recognized her right away. But I, you know, I know Britt Baker. I I, I know I know um. Brand, I know Kong. I know Allie. You know, the people that you know are the ones that need to be featured. The ones that you don't know need to work on those people right. until you get familiar with the entire uh, the entire group. Obviously, you had some one offs in there, but it seemed to be very poorly done. And, and, and I don't want to knock it because it's hard. I get it. It's new. I get it. But at the same time, you're right. It kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. To be yeah. honest, I hated the ending. I hated all the botchiness. There just there were a couple of threads that were being built in that match, and I'm hoping that those get a payoff. But right now, mm-hmm. going into the show, I'm like, I'm kind of already done with this. Right, and when when they already went through the match, and you saw these people, I was excited. I'm excited to see. Dr. Britt Baker. I think she's awesome in the ring and she's a good person. Um, I like seeing Allie. She's a very bubbly personality who could also go in the ring. She's not bad. She's like, she's competent. I, I give her like, like a, she a is B solid. plus. She, she, she's, she's a, a solid, solid player. Um, and she, she's just like one win away from like getting over that hump to become like a top tier person. Even right. Brandy. Brandy is a great heel in that I hate to make the comparisons to Stephanie McMahon, but she kind of put herself oh, God, in that is. spot. It, and, yeah, it, and that's a smart move. Like I can't, I can't knock that man. No, I can't she, knock that at she all. Plays, she plays the character very well. She has the heater in Awesome Kong, who is a right. perfect um, 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 what's the word sidekick to her, so she could be the 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 chicken hired heel. hired muscle. The hired, hired muscle. muscle. There you go. Best way to um, put. But All you also one... have um, someone like B Priestley who comes out too. She isn't a AEW exclusive because she's like a she's a Stardom World Champion for uh, currently still right right. 
maybe, probably. I think so. And I, I believe so. I believe if so. it's wrong, please tell us we're wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. Hit me up we, on Twitter. Um, but if if um, she had that built-in feud with Britt Baker, and it was more like they just kind of fought themselves out, and everyone right. who was prominent, like you said, just kind of came and went like the wind. Not a lot of context, and then it didn't help that there were a lot of camera angles missed of elimination. So when you come back, the commentary team would have to say, oh, so-and-so got eliminated, but you didn't see it. So it really didn't matter. Right. It, it just... It, it it was it was not it was not a good look. No. Um I understand you're trying to build, but this didn't do do any of them justice. It did nothing for any of them. For me that match was uh, and, and one of the things that you know, I, I don't know if she's involved still, but you had you had a big storyline where you were starting to build Awesome Kong versus Aja Kong. Yes. Aja Kong was mysteriously absent for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't mention anything, even in the post-match, uh, the post-show. Right. But hopefully right. we, when TV comes, she comes back. Right. We, we know of one departure. I'm not going to really discuss that. Yeah. We know of one AEW departure already, which we hope that said individual um, takes care of themselves. And hopefully we'll see them again. Yeah. Um, but you wanted to talk about the, the compliment to mm-hmm. this. Uh, the other person... That will be in the women's championship match, um, the the match between Hikaru Shida and Riho. Again, that match was kind of botchy too, man. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I do know enough about Joshi, like the female like wrestling, and when you've and I think the, okay, the, the let, problem... let's let, let's back up. Yes, I know then I know the term Joshi. You know the term Joshi, right? But what is Joshi? It is just in super basic terms. It's female Japanese wrestling. Thank um, it's, that, that's that's all you need. That's all you need to say. That's all you really need to say. I, I not going too into the linguistics of everything, but when you when you still have in the back of your head, the problem was they set the tone for this match with that casino battle royale. They were very intrinsically linked both matches, and that that had a shadow. It cast a shadow over this match because you saw the two competitors, and you're like, okay. Which one of these is going to have to go against Nyla Rose? Riho, I do not want to see Riho versus Nyla Rose because I don't think... I, we just saw, now, now again, we just saw this NXT fight of David versus Goliath. Do we need another David versus Goliath match? I don't think it would be at the same level as, say, Walter yeah, and Tyler Bate. So yeah, it's not, no, in no universe I could think of that happening. But I do know Hikaru Shida's work is a lot better um, for a stronger style of, of fighting, especially when she uses her kendo stick, if they would let her use in the ring, I don't know why, but um, she has a much more harder hitting style than Riho, who is like 90-some pounds. Um, yeah, I think, the they, match... said she, I, I think they, they said that she's like five foot even and 90 pounds. Yeah, now Riho has a lot of experience in the ring. She's been wrestling for over 15 years. She's actually very good and competent in the ring. Uh, I've seen more of Hikaru Shida's work, though, um, through the different YouTube channels and stuff that she's popped in on. Um, I I mean, God bless Kenny Omega for getting these people on TV and American audiences. I think it's great and getting that expansion. And that's one of those things like how the cruiserweight division in WCW was. This female Japanese wrestling division could be that one thing that can make them stand out a little bit more amongst a very crowded um, audience. But coming from what I call the lowest common denominator match of the weekend, being that uh, uh, Casino Battle Royale, this one could have been a lot better. 
and there was a kind of botchy finishes, like a lot of the grabs and hooks and chain wrestling that they're trying to do to set the finish just got a little sloppy. It right. sucks. It's unfortunate, but I could see where they were going for it. And I don't want to say either one of them are greener than chicken crap either. Cause I know they're not, but right. it I, I, I a think all order for them. Right. I think that match, yeah, I think that match kind of got cut a little short. It got rushed. You could tell that they were missing some stuff. There was a lot of story building that they couldn't get to. And in the end, Riho comes over with just a roll-up. It was a roll-up pin, so she snuck yeah, out of victory. Quick. Really quick. And I, I do enjoy the shock, because it shocked me. I was like, oh, crap, Riho won. Like, that was the finish? Wow. Nuts. Um, yeah, I, I, lo- I, I was looking up something, because we were, we were talking during the match, and yeah. I look up, and all of a sudden, the match is over. I'm like, what the crap? Yeah. And I, I try not to do that too much right but when you're writing like, notes it's inevitable yeah right so those two and then afterward i'm like so this is what we're getting nyla rose versus riho and my biggest concern is i don't know how good riho's english is i've gone and tried to find promos of anything of her talking english in interviews i can't find anything so nyla rose who is super green and a rookie is going to have to memorize an entire match with Riho, and if either one of them blow a spot, the referee in the ring needs to be bilingual to tell Riho and to tell Nyla what to do next, because if there is any communication error, they're going to have to come up with some co-words, and it could just fall apart and be possibly the most cringeworthy affair ever. Right. Riho, as far as I know, does speak English, Mm -hmm. uh, because she's doing things here stateside while well, actually in Canada with, with Kenny Omega right now. Okay. So so hopefully, I know Kenny's fluent in Japanese, so I don't know if he was the translator for her or how much. I, I just I just have no nothing to base her English off of. I know right. Nicole Shida knows fair enough of English. She knows she knows a decent amount from her like Instagram channel, but Riho's just not that vocal. Um, right. All in all, that was a better match out of the female matches, and all the different female matches we've seen in these... Um, these um, pay-per-views leading up to the first TV taping, this wasn't the strongest female match out of all the ones we've seen. Um, I thought that the the triple threat was a little bit better when they had Nyla versus uh, uh, Riho and and Sheeta. Also liked better. I like having Britt Baker and Allie in the mix more. Um, right. I wish we could have saw them in this situation, but right. we didn't. I've... We got to this. Yeah, I. I... I'm they're shocked either, and dumbfounded. This feels like they're booking themselves into a corner already. Oh yeah, already. They're they're trying they're trying to um, they're trying to kind of shoot the load a little fast. This is something that they could have burned for a month, mm-hmm. uh, a few months. Especially to build up the characters on TV, right? Especially especially to give a, a certain a certain uh, person a little more time to build themselves because, right. like you said, they're green as can be. Yeah, they need to oh. really build their presence in the ring because Nyla Rose has the potential to be a monster heel type of person in the ring. But and and you could see these flashes of brilliance, like she hit that. Um, it was like that flipping leg drop or something, and it looked really cool. But that was one move that was great. Ninety nine others that were bad, and you're like, okay, we need more of the good and the bad. And if they had some sort of training center, performance center, or something where they like these people can train better, uh, maybe. But in this case, not so much. But I think we should just keep going to the other matches here. 
Right. It said um, with Harper on the women's match. I felt like like that one stayed with me the most, but I, I yeah, wanted to just kind of touch on what I thought was the best match on the card, at least for me personally, was the triple threat with Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc in the Cracker Barrel Clash. To, by Cracker Barrel. Okay. Two two things about this match. There were there are there were a couple pretty good spots. Mm. Uh some people didn't know that Darby Allen was a skateboarder. Yeah, I Darby know. Allen Darby Allen goes under the ring. Grabs a skateboard. <laughs> skateboard has spikes on the underside of it. Oh yeah, thumbtacks. He glued onto it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they weren't just thumbtacks, man. They were like spiky. It was, it was oh yeah, it was, it was great. brutal. It was nasty. Um, he then it gets to the top rope, holding the skateboard, does like an ollie off, and lands on. Uh, I think it was actually Janela's back. Yeah, it was on Joey Janela's back, and you just see him cringe. I'm like. Ooh. Oh, you know, it. I'm not a fan of death matches. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But these three guys, they're good enough in the ring that they don't need those things. No. And, and, and I say I say that out of the utmost respect. Al, uh, Darby Allen, um, they're they're protecting that character. They're protecting yes. him right now. He 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 ends up being the person that doesn't get pinned. Right. Um. Uh, yeah, Jay- this one, Jimmy Havoc went over by pinning Joey Janela after it was a little bit of a cluster, and Jimmy Havoc just sort of got on top through a little bit of luck and circumstance, which right. protected Darby Allen definitely, because it just seemed to be more of a luck thing. Jimmy Havoc needed to win, I think, more than Joey Janela, who Joey Janela could just keep be eating pins and still be the same guy. It really doesn't right. matter for him. Um, but like you said, a deathmatch, like, what's cool, because of how talented they are, they didn't need to rely on deathmatch spots only to get over. Um, I feel they- like this... Is going to be dark. Wait, what? Uh, I was going to say, for it being quote a death match, mm-hmm. other than a couple little things that made me cringe, they only used the the <laughs> weapons when they wanted to do something big. Yeah, they they did it very smart. Right, very and, smart. And the uh, I think the skateboard spot is going to be something that's going to be Darby Allen's signature from here dude, on out, dude. dude. Tony Hawk freaking retweeted it on Twitter. Yeah, that was That's pretty huge. Cool. That was really huge. Yeah, seeing it on Twitter. I even I even retweeted that saying, oh, look, look at this living legend and Tony Hawk. Because uh, Dar- Darby Allen's definitely a future bright, bright star. And right. um, having this hardcore background just puts a little bit more of an edge to him. It's great. and But it's not his whole character. And right. um, for me, this was my two thumbs up. Like, this was the match that really stuck with me for the rest of the night. And it was something that uh, really kind of put a unique spin on matches that you don't see in the WWE anymore and with something pretty fairly unique to AEW, just like the women's, uh, the Japanese matches they have. Right, and, and we don't want to gloss over this match because we spent so much time talking about other matches. Out of, out of this show, this is a match that you definitely have to watch. Yeah, definitely. There, there, there are, and I don't want to discount any match here because they all meant something because now they're building into their TV tapings. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick three matches off of this show to watch, this is one of them. Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears yes. is another. And then the AEW world title match is the third. Right. And and, that, and I don't want to discount the, the three tag matches that took place at, at all because I don't... Um, they felt like filler arc matches, right? Yeah, tag matches. To be honest, kind of, kind of. 
the whole Orange Cassidy coming out with the best friends thing at the end. Um, cause that was dark order, dark order versus best friends. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It was two tag team matches. I, I got it wrong. I, I apologize. Uh, long day. Um, dark order beats best friends. They're going to try to beat them up and all this crap and, and everything. The, the lights go out and then in the middle of the ring, there's Mr. Non, uh, non caring about anything but himself, orange Cassidy. Yeah. Okay. This dude impressed the crap out of me. Hands in his pockets, <laughs> suicide dives. Yeah. <laughs> suicide dives. Doesn't hit the ropes, nothing. Hands in the freaking pockets, and the sunglasses don't come off. And, yeah, yeah, that was the best part. The sunglasses stayed on. He hops back up and walks back in the ring like nothing happened, and he just stands there like, what? Like, what, yeah. what, what, what a, up now? It's a, per- it's a perfect character. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they're going to build up him and the best friends being, well, I guess the trio of the super best friends. Um, to go against possibly the Dark Order. Um, th- this is really just more or less building into the tag team, the tag team. Um, tournament, yeah, tournament that's going to be showing up on the uh, TV tapings. Right. It, the whole the whole thing with this is, so, someone was picking at this a little bit. Why are you going to have a tag match to have someone avoid a tag match? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it did make sense because if you think about it, they say this was supposed to be a, a tag match for a, a buy who gets a first round buy. And really all you're saying is you're just having a first round tag match and the loser gets a second shot. That's all this was. It really Pretty made much. no sense. And it was very filler arc, like anime filler arc episode just to get you back to where you were, but you still needed to have the fight. And right. that's how this all felt. At least it gave us a little plot at the end with orange Cassidy showing up, but it really didn't need to happen to be honest. Well, but the thing is, it was still a solid match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't bad. Uh, and yeah. and it's, it's showcasing the tag teams, which is something they're going to have strength in. Because as much as I will criticize the Young Bucks because of some of the, the some of the ways their matches are structured mm-hmm. that I'm not a fan of, they understand tag team wrestling. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're, they're they understand, experts they in the understand, field. They understand a tag team division. Right. Period. And, and you need that. And this shows that they understand a tag team division and need to build more than just two tag teams. Yeah. Because um, you can only be watching the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks as, as like, we're done. This is it. They, showed, five, they, ha- they should have had their last match times this, time. this year. Eight, with the AAA tag team titles on the line five times this year. Granted, they, they at least made different match types for each one, and each one told a different story in the ring. I'll give them that right. much. And I thought that this one, out of all five of them, was their strongest because right. they're very well because it's their, it's their high la- flying it's their, theatrics. Excuse me. This is their, 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 like their last match. The only thing that was bad about it, um, I don't know if it was a spot done on purpose, but Pentagon loses his mask in the uh, middle yeah, of it. That was, I thought I thought that was on purpose. I yeah, was, it, it, it felt it felt very storyline to me. Right, that was like that was the one thing that stood out because it it's like okay they're gonna knock him out of the equation. The young bucks yeah. are gonna win the belts. Blah blah blah. I openly criticize this again because I really like the Lucha Brothers. I want to see them wrestle other people. I want to see the young bucks wrestle matches. other people. Yeah, I want to see singles matches out of the Lucha Brothers. Right, I, they're I, and very I very see... good singles wrestlers too. Right, because Pentagon's former world champion and uh, Ray Phoenix, a uh, f- former uh, uh, champion down AAA. Yeah. So the these guys are all good. Um, and, you know, I like I said, 
I know the Young Bucks can put together a match where they're not doing spot after spot after spot after spot. Uh-huh. This match kind of showed me that they... I still thought it was very much a spot fest. Yeah. Oh, it was. But that's kind of what ladder matches but, are, in, but, in a way. But because this was the Escalera de Muerte match, the, <laughs> the, 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 ladder, uh, the death ladder match, Yeah. it made sense in context. Um. I, like I said, you can have spots and matches. You have to have them. Those are the those are your big swells in your match, your right. big climactic points. This match I felt still had like too many of them. But like you said, this is probably out of the series of matches they've had. I think this was probably their best one. Yeah, uh, definite bright spot for all four men involved. Uh, well done, well hard, uh, hard fought match. I was, I was pleasantly surprised when the match was done um like i said i'm, I'm hard on the bucks because i know they're good mm-hmm. i just want to see them be as good as they can be and they shouldn't have to rely on as many spots as they do and, and that and that that's my complaint and, and it's it's because i've seen them do better because i've seen them wrestle in new japan i know what they can do yeah uh right now they're um they're just doing the, the big moves things and okay but that's not going to sell now you can do a spot fest type of like match or a spot fest type of of yeah I'll say yeah spot fest type of match that you can have spread out and at least if it makes contacts in the story or the story you're trying to tell in the ring you could hit some really good story beats and it doesn't have to be a technically sound match but it could be entertaining as hell and I feel like that okay. was the, the Cody four, versus okay. um, Sean Spears match right uh, before before we get to that match real quick just just let me wrap up the stag match yeah. Uh, those four men, very technically sound. If they match up again, please do it next year. Please oh, make yeah, it, by far. Please make, please make it more technical. Do not make this the last match of the tag team tournament. For the love of God, I hope they don't touch each other until next year either. Yeah, yeah, and and, that, and that's all I've got to say about it. Uh, but you said Co- Cody and Cody and Sean Spears. Yeah, it was a uh, spot fest, but in a good way. I felt it. It was very it, well it paced. Was, it wasn't and, really. And, it wasn't really spotty though, man. No, I mean spotty, not spot fest in the way of like high flying hit. But they had a lot of these story beats inside it of right. the it told, of the match. It told a very good story. And each one of those are spots, not high spots, but it was definitely spots and, and, and not just wrestling holds. And and I want to I want to compliment Cody on this. Mm-hmm. This match, Cody's not the top guy. Cody, obviously, we know a match that's being set up for 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 full gear. Yeah. But Cody's a a guy that didn't need to be at the top of the card. He's just kind of building himself in the middle, building all of the people that aren't challenging for the title right now. Yeah. Um. You know, he had the match with Darby Allen, which I thought was a really good match. This match, Cody's putting on like consistent great matches right now. The, the dude can go. Sean, Sean Spears, you know, very underrated. Uh, uh, you know, we joke. We, we know it was Ty Dillinger. Yeah. Um, very underrated is Ty Dillinger in WWE. Very underrated is Sean Spears now. He's got this character. This ain't over by any means. I think this is just the blow-off point for this. It's, something's going to happen with this. They're going to match up again. Um. But like you said, there were spots in this match. You had Tully Blanchard involved. You end up getting Arn Anderson involved. Uh, 
you you have you you have MJF involved. You have Pharaoh getting scared by the mortars, which they Poor said, doggy. which they said later, Pharaoh was okay afterwards. So um, you could tell Cody was actually kind of concerned about what was going on. Oh, Brandy was pissed. You right, saw right. Brandy. That wasn't just Brandy, like in oh, that, character. That's, that... that was Cody's wife pissed at him, and he is literally in the doghouse when they get home. It was it was actually funny to watch in right. its like morbid way. Right. Uh, but you can tell that uh, kind of out of character, MJF gets along with that dog pretty well. Yeah. Because because he immediately took Pharaoh's leash and Pharaoh calmed right down. Yeah. Because because he had just enough of a pull on it, you could you could see him kind of struggling with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could tell that MJF had been around Pharaoh a bit and knew how to calm him down. Yeah. Which they... which, which which is great. Which is great. And then they got him out of there, and he he was fine. Yeah, from the YouTube show, he has a he actually has a feud with Pharaoh. Um, and MJF, if you follow him on Instagram, he uh, he's a big he's a big animal lover. Um, even though he pretends like you know to be a dick about it and everything, he is a big animal guy. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. Cody, for whatever reason, they decided to come out as Star Trek characters, which there's no context to it at all. But I was like, all right, this is cool. It's different. It's weird. Um, and then you had Sean Spears' entrance, which was very solemn, very quiet. But he came down with a hood and the chair, his as the chairman um, himself. Which I'm wondering if they're going to ever try to get him to fight uh, Lapark um, <laughs> for the for the title of the chairman. But um, actually, it might be a good feud for him after this. Like they get an easy win over him, get a little rub. But um, Cody in this, he had to fight off. Uh, Tully Blanchard was trying to um, get in the refs face trying to get in Cody's face and kind of just distracting MJF was playing the equalizer but at the same time MJF is a bad guy and if again if you watch YouTube channel he hates Cody with a vile passion behind his back and everyone else knows it except Cody Cody thinks that's his best friend and he's the only one that thinks it and everyone else tries to tell him otherwise he won't have it um and MJF didn't really try to help until the very end when um uh, Arn Anderson surprise appearance by Arn Anderson comes in gives um he gave mjf one of those solid signature spine busters um totally blanchard got clocked on the outside he got sent to the outside by mjf that's when arn came out um totally blanchard went back to the back because he saw arn and he's like what the hell is going on and he went to go check on arn um he was confused so that kind of set everything in motion for the finish which was cody going over with the crossroads on um on Sean Spears, which Cody looked strong in in another victory, which has set him up for which that match at full which gear. He needed, which he needed, honestly. Yeah. And, and you don't take anything away from Sean Spears on that because there's Spears, a lot of screwy Spears stuff has around a, it. Spears has momentum. Yeah. Spears has momentum. Uh, and, and that's what he needs. Uh, that sets up for, for Cody going after Cody now being in the world title picture for, for full gear. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk the, the the AEW World Title match in a sec, and this gives Sean Spears something else, some some like revenge level motivation. Now I got to get back at Cody. I've got to do something. Have him go off for an, for a little bit and then come back around. You know, right? Uh, it, it's it's a it's it was done well. And speaking speaking of which, uh, what did you think of the AEW? World title match. This is the first world title match I ever had. This Chris Jericho 
the legend Chris Jericho versus the young gun himself, uh, uh, Adam Page. What what were your thoughts going in and out of it? Uh, going out of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of work my way backwards a little bit. Mm-hmm. You had to put the belt on Jericho. Yeah. Jericho Jericho is the biggest name in that company by a long shot. I know Cody. I know the Bucks. I know Kenny. Right. Uh, outside outside of Kenny Omega, who's a former IWGP World Champion, uh-huh. you ain't got anyone else on that roster that has that name notoriety in the U.S. other than Cody and Chris Jericho. Right. Chris Jericho is world better as far as as far as a name that you recognize. Not. I'm not going to criticize in the ring because I'm I'm not going to. Um, but Jericho's the guy you know. You yeah. know he's 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 the catchphrase machine. He's the he he's the, the the major rock star and all this other crap. Right. Um, he's also the guy that keeps reinventing himself, keeping himself fresh. That's the name you know. If I tell someone Chris Jericho, oh yeah, that guy wrestled in WWE years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's still wrestling. He's the world champion of this new startup company. Oh, I'm gonna check them out. Right. It's a smart move. It's a smart move. And the fact that. Even in defeat, Hangman looked good in that match. There were times in the middle of that match, I'm like, they're going to be stupid. They're going to put the belt on. They're going to be stupid. <laughs> put the belt on. This, this is my thought through the whole match. And, and I like Adam Page. I think, I, I, I think Hangman Page is the future for them. But he's definitely going to be needs, a future, a future right, guy but, to hang your hat on. But he needs to continue to build. They need to. They yeah. need to bring his name notoriety up. Right. Uh, the the thing is, this match is going to be known for a couple of things. Hangman riding in on the horse, like I said. Uh-huh. Jericho's head getting busted open the hard way. Him yeah. bleeding everywhere. Uh, Jericho winning in a bloody mess, and then walking to the back, insulting literally everyone, <laughs> walking into this corner. And pouring himself champagne and starting this stupid meme. A little bit uh, of the bubbly. Right. Um, I don't really need to discuss this match in detail because we're running kind of long and we still have a couple more things to talk about. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a solid match. It was a solid match. Go back and watch it. Understand yeah. what you're watching. Understand the history that you're watching. Because this is a historic moment. Chris Jericho has now won world titles in three companies, and yep. he's won and he won the uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship last year. The dude's the goat. Like, yeah. there's very few guys that have had that kind of career longevity. I think the only I think the only guy that comes that close, and I'm not going to say the Undertaker because it's not the Undertaker as far as I'm concerned. Because that's another discussion altogether. Right. The only guy, only guy that comes like that close and being able to do that is Triple H. True, very true. Like, like legit, he's the only guy that can still when when H uh, ties up the, the the boots and goes, he can still go. Yeah. He's about the only guy that can do that. That's not named Chris Jericho. Yeah. It was. It, I think the the only problem was the crowd was very exhausted after that tag match that. The, right. the ladder match that really blew everybody right. out because they were screaming and hooping and hollering. And then they had had this match to do, and the crowd was like, right. oh, my it, God, this ma- another this one. Match, the one thing that I have to say is they backloaded the show, yeah. and, that was, and that was a problem. 
Mm. And it showed. The, yeah, they the, should the, have energy, that. Yeah, the energy was sucked out of the room by the time this came out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it it was a it was a solid match. Go back and watch it, watch it again, watch it four times, whatever. You're gonna see two guys to just get it. Right. And, and, and I have nothing but positive to say about Hangman Page. Um, he he should be very, very proud of that match. He and Jericho both should be very proud of that match because that is where you needed to set the bar. Period. Yeah, uh, I think uh, so. It's because it, uh, it's definitely not the last we've heard of Hangman Page. He's going to be yeah. prominently featured in top tier storylines going through this. Uh, I, I have a feeling that this is not going to be his last taste of getting toward the gold either. There's going to be a storyline of him chasing it, getting some wins under his belt, and hopefully they'll build him up with storylines on TV that will make him much more of a competitive and realistic champion. Right, and that that's what I hope happens, and I hope they do that. I hope that the reason why they're keeping Kenny Omega pulled way back because Kenny Omega and Pac had a match, uh, which we didn't even talk about. That's that's um, what I was waiting for because I was thinking about this. I was wondering when you would remember because to me, and this is what this says a lot. This says a lot because remember that, this that, is Kenny that, Omega that is was the he's biggest the be- thing. He, he's quote the best bout machine. The best bout and, machine. And, these two, these two guys. Let, let's talk real quick about this because this mm-hmm. this is probably the the best match on that card. Yeah. Um, it was a match that was thrown together because John Moxley has the the uh, MRSA that the staph infection in his elbow again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he's he's been medicated and he's already that. back on track to be on TV, so he's cool. Right. Right. Hopefully, what's being done is done, and he never has to deal with this again because. I really don't want to see that guy go out with that again. It yeah. scares, scares the hell out of me. Um, and, and I wish the guy the best. I, yeah. I really do. I I 100% do. But this match was thrown together very last minute. Pat can go. I still have a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because in WWE as Neville, he just kind of took his ball and left. Right. That's where my sour taste is. Kenny Omega, I've watched a guy wrestle up and down for the past few years. I know the guy's solid. He, he's he's best bout machine. That ain't that ain't a lie. Dude, legit puts on great matches. These two guys, I know there were. Uh, I was reading a couple of things that they were a little irritated about it mm-hmm. uh, because they had to change some things around in it. They they wanted things to be different. They were both pissed, but it was like match of the night. Yeah, they said things went long earlier, which made them have to cut some stuff out of their match. Yeah, the thing is that shows two consummate professionals to know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. That I will say the scariest spot was when um, Pac did the jump, uh, was the moonsault off the top rope to the outside and clanked the metal barrier hard. Yeah, I was I, like, I this is going to be it. Like his his legs done. Period. Oh this yeah yeah yeah. It. He he hit his he hit his shin against it. Yeah, that oh, hurt God. watching. Yeah yeah, uh, but well done, Matt. You know, match of the night. That that's that's the other match on, on the show you need to watch. So four matches you need to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't really want to say much more about AEW because we have the tapings coming up. Mm. I want to talk maybe right before full gear about AEW because yeah. that's I think the tail end of October, beginning of November, something like that. So we we'll get a few TV tapings under our belt, see where the storylines are going, and then get a good gotcha. picture of what this full gear. Which, by the way, if anyone doesn't know, because you again have to watch the YouTube channel. Full gear is a stupid inside joke between the elite about getting into full gear shape. Um, 
I don't know why they're calling their pay-per-view that, but because it's a dumb inside joke, they decide to call the pay-per-view full gear. It has nothing to do with gears or driving or anything. It's about Adam Cole. I mean, not Adam Cole. Sorry. Adam Page losing weight. So there you go. Oh, jeez. All right. Let, let's, uh, uh, since we're well over an hour now, yeah. let's talk Clash of Champions 2019. This takes place Sunday. Um, I don't want to go through every match. I want to talk about a couple of, a couple of different things here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be every every match uh, except for one. There's 11 matches on the card. Uh, every belt's title, on the line. Yeah, every belt's on the line. Uh, n- notables uh, just set up AJ versus Cedric Alexander. That's, that's going to tear the house down. Those two guys can go. AJ's one of the best. Cedric is a guy that shows he can go. I think this match was put together very last minute. Um, AJ needed a title match. Mm-hmm. It works out. Yeah. Um, anything else you really want to say about it? Um, I decided it's going to be a great match. I don't know if it'll be match of the night or anything like that, but they could both go and have a really fun match. And it's going to yeah. be the, the high the high spot match, of the probably the low-key like spo- potential sleeper match of the night. There you go. All right, it's and its complement will be the Intercontinental Championship match between my boy Shinsuke Nakamura defending against The Miz. I like what they've done with Shinsuke. They've given him Sami Zayn as a mouthpiece. They're doing the whole uh, subtitle thing, uh, backstage promos. I saw that. I'm like, yeah, they get it. This is finally. This is finally fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Make Sami Zayn a bigger asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let Shinsuke Nakamura rattle in Japanese. He speaks mm-hmm. English. He speaks English well. He has a very thick accent. But let him rattle in Japanese because it pisses people off. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Uh, the Miz, one of the best workers of his generation. Yeah. He, he never gets enough respect. Uh, on the mic, inside the ring, outside the ring, the consummate professional. He right. comes in. He does everything He's... he needs to do. He's safe, but he also is effective. He's a lot. He's very, very similar to Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like freakishly similar. I don't know how many conversations those two gentlemen had over the years, but the way uh, the Miz has approached his career is very much Jericho-esque. Yeah. And I see it. Like the more I see it, the more I'm like, yeah, that that's what it is. He's, he's been around in WWE for like 12 years, dude. Yeah, and he's reinvented himself again and again with every one of these characters right. he comes up with, and the catchphrases he gets. Um, and and I'll always say the best promo of of the recent times was on the one of the last episodes of Talking Smack, where he quote unquote shot on um, Daniel Bryan before being, Daniel Daniel Bryan came back. Yeah, calling him a quitter, saying that your body quit on you, and I'm still here. And how much rage he had, it, it felt so real. And right. you never see a promo like that ever. And I still get chills and even think about it. I'll watch it randomly. I'm like, wow, that was right. masterful. Right. Um, let, let's, Love the uh, Right. Like I said, um, uh, under, uh, underrated. Mm. Underrated is what I'd say. I, I think that match will be very good because Shinsuke and the Miz, those styles will match, mesh very well. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. Women's tag team match. That's Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville challenging Alexa and Nikki. It's one of those matches that feels like it should have had a little more time to burn. Um, yeah. 
I'm it's, glad they're at least getting some TV time, and hopefully, it's not right. on the pre-show. Uh, I, I think I think that match will be on the pre-show. I think this next match I'm going to talk about will be on the pre-show. Uh, Drew Gulak defending the cru- cruiserweight title against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. I don't like the fact that it's a triple threat match. Gulak does great in singles matches. Yeah. This is now his like fourth different challenger. He's not had any consistent storylines with people. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, even on 205 Live, they've been kind of just cycling in people right. for him. But this is this might be, uh, I don't want to say that this is the one underrated, not underrated, but the, the one where I think maybe he might actually lose. They might have something screwy where he's not part of the equation of being pinned. And they yeah, might give but... the belt to Carrillo just because of how high Why? they seem to be on him. Why? There's no why? reason why. Why is no WWE? Reason. WWE does weird stuff all the time. This might be the one weird screwy win where people go, "Why did that happen?" So that's the thing I I think to look out for is that that finish might be a little weird. Right. I yeah, hope not. Um, I, I and, want Gaba Gulak to be champion. Don't get me wrong. I want My to heart be champion. Wants him. Yeah, exactly. I, want to I be love Gaba Gulak, but. Um, I, I have a I have a feeling because of the triple threat oh, mentality and how they've been kind of booking things, they might be looking to change stuff and pivot. Hey, right hey here. Did, did we say that the six eight five is also the unofficial Drew Gulak fan club? I think it's is now. Okay, so, okay, okay. So, as long as to Gaba Gulak, right? that that's a match that should be on the main card, man. The, oh, the, I hope it is. They, Gulak, he deserves Gulak it. Deserves, deserves it. Period. And, and, Especially and if this is Car- like Carrillo and Dorado. Dorado can work. Mm-hmm. Carrillo, I'm not still not 100 percent sold on. I'm 110 sold on the guy. <laughs> but I love him and Angel Garza. Those two guys can can just fall ass in the ring. It, it's you know it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see more of them. Um, I okay. Think the two the two bigger storylines that we need to talk about and just to wrap things up first would be Sasha Banks returning, getting into the title picture and getting a feud with Becky. Um, right. I wonder where they're going with this. They're calling. She's calling herself the Blueprint now because she's got blue hair and she likes Jay Z, I guess. But um, the her coming in as a bad guy. Right. Um. Um. Her and Becky. This is kind of Becky's biggest feud now since she's won the belt. If you think about the quality of opponent she's had. Right. So right. I'm curious to see how this is. I'm hoping it's going to be a longer feud with some more build around it. And this is the start of a feud, not necessarily the big match for it. Right. Um, and then the, the compliment to that being Bailey defending against Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all uh, four horses. Ba- ba- yeah, ba- Bailey realigning with Sha- Sasha Banks. So it, it's, it's that's a heel of, now. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, she thinks not, she's the good guy, which I think makes it work well with what her style of character is right um so those two matches uh, they'll definitely they'll they need to put them apart on the show mm-hmm. put one towards the beginning put one towards the end oh yeah they're gonna split it up definitely uh you you have to mm-hmm. uh the the single match that's not a title match is roman reigns versus eric rowan no dq match this was something that they were going to put back on SummerSlam, but because they didn't have enough time to build it they right. stuck it here um it, this whole story is just weird. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not weird. hating, I'm not hating it because it's it's something, and it keeps Roman keeps Roman fresh and keeps him out of the title picture for a little while. Yeah, um, I think this is gonna be a this is gonna be the Haas match. Like we were just talking about Haas matches earlier. 
this is going to be the hottest match of the night, um, and this could be a lot of fun. This is I, I I'm excited to see Roman beat the crap out of Rowan, and that's all it's going to be. And it's going to be some cool spots. They had some showing of of the creativity they could have together on SmackDown, um, and I I think that because they've had the history with the Whites versus the Shield, they definitely know each other in the ring very well. So they have some chemistry already built. And this is going to be a lot better than some people already. A lot of people want to crap on it already. Like this is dumb. Like no, no, it's going to be fun. This is going to be the fun this, match. This is this is a low key barn burner kind of. Yeah, match. yeah. It, it because it, it's it's something that you go in with low expectations. Uh-huh. Ro- Rowan, uh, twenty nineteen Eric Rowan is a lot better than like twenty fifteen Eric Rowan. Yeah, yeah. I can't. The dude has has continued to improve, and it shows. Mm-hmm. As long as he can keep himself injury free, he's okay. Yeah. There's going to be screeniness in this match. No DQ. Oh, of course. Of um, course. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk the SmackDown side for the tag team championships and the WWE championship. The New Day, of course, Kofi Kingston is defending his uh, WWE title against Randy Orton, and Big E and Xavier Woods are defending the the SmackDown tag titles against the Revival. Uh, this is faction warfare. Yeah, I love the faction warfare. I love. Uh, FTRKO as a as a trio. I hope they stay together. Um, uh, it's, I know, it's I, smart booking. Very smart. smart booking. They all were the great chemistry so quickly. Like they snapped together and right. it just felt right. Um, it, because because the they're they're all kind of that old school kind of mm-hmm. vibe. And yeah. it, it just it just works. Yeah, students of the game definitely. Even though in their advanced careers, some of them still students of the game, and it, and it definitely shows how much they they love what they do, and it, it's going to be entertaining. Kofi's been a phenomenal champion. I don't see him drop the belt anytime soon. Still, um, I don't see the New Day really like drop the tag titles unless they want to give a, a gimme to the other side, so that there's more storyline built between the two factions. Beats me. Right. Who knows? It's a coin flip, but um. I, I, I think on SmackDown, I these like, are the two solid... This is the big solid feud that they have. Like, the most solid feud they have on SmackDown is these these six guys. Right. I feel like if you're going to flip one title, you're going to flip both. Mm-hmm. It's one of those... You can't just flip one switch. You have to flip, flip both. Otherwise, right. it makes sense. Then have all three of FTRKO come out and say, now we have all the titles. And then that gives you uh, uh, another built-in storyline for Kofi and the New Day to now have to come back and chase again. Right. Um Right. So who knows? But I don't know if you want to stop Kofi Mania yet, or if the train's still going to keep rolling. So that really just depends on how they. I, feel I think I think if I think if you're going to drop the belt off of Kofi, you don't do it on the Clash of Champions paper. Yeah, no. You, you you do it at Survivor Series. You do it at the big show. Right. Exactly. Between that uh, or the unless, unless, Rumble, I don't unless, know. Unless Survivor Series is still the night where SmackDown and Raw compete against each other. BS. Yeah. That I absolutely abhor. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. the original Survivor Series concept, the five on five, thought I thought that match was great. Yeah. Um, but that that's the old school of me. Um, but yeah, it like I said, you gotta you gotta flip the switch right. one way or the other. Yeah, um, it's exciting either way. Right, 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 right. And and speaking of exciting, the, this the, uh, on the raw side of things, you have the tag team champions. Seth Rollins, also the, the Universal Champion, and Braun Strowman versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. So, yeah. do you, do you have them drop the belts to Roode and Ziggler, which is a random pairing that's beating the crap out of everyone, and then they're fighting going into their Universal Title match, uh, which Rollins and Strowman are then fighting against each other. It, it's 
I haven't been able to quite make sense of it. It seems like they accidentally booked themselves into a corner, and now they're trying to book their way out of it, and then they just kind of... Uh, there's a lot of stuff like maybe they had a bunch of names in the hat. They pulled it out and said, "Well, let's make this happen." Or maybe there's a joke or a bet in backstage. But putting putting Rude and Ziggler together, actually, they they work it's very a, well together. It's, um, it's very smart, and I, I hope they actually do become a real team and stay together because I, I feel like they have a good synergy with not only their moves in the ring but the swagger and how they hold themselves. I call them Hollywood Vice together um, because they <laughs> give me this '80s vibe, this old school vibe, and this right. old school uh, um, cool guy vibe. Where it's not necessarily that they're cool guys, but they like used to be cool guys in a way. Um, and then with I, I, I'm still in the ball, like I'm still in the the what should we call it? I'm still on the side of saying that's negligent to to double book both Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman when they right. both have injury issues. Um, I don't want to see them having to be overexposed in two matches now, but I have a feeling that the tag match is going to go kind of short and it's going to end with the them losing the belts because of miscommunication and one person hitting the other, which would then spill into their one-on-one match against each other for the universal title to build in who's going to be the heel in the face going into the fight, which of course Braun is going to have to be the heel uh, facing the, the champion Seth Rollins so far. Right. And, and I, I got to agree. I, I think they booked themselves into a corner on it. I don't like the fact I, I'm a big tag team wrestling fan. And mm-hmm. I've mentioned that before. Yeah. I don't like the fact that the tag team titles are a prop in this case. Mm-hmm. They're they're trying to put put the tag belts. If you have too many belts, combine the two tag belts. Yeah. If you don't have too many belts, put the tag titles on guys that need it, on right. guys that could use it. Um, you put the belts on Hawkins and Ryder back at Mania and did nothing with them. Yeah. You snapped Hawkins' losing streak at Mania and then did nothing with it. Um, it. I, I understand that this is trying to further a couple things, but you're going to have Braun be the monster, the monster bad guy again? No. Right. No. The crowd well, loves him too much. Right. And, and what are you going to do? The one person conspicuously absent is the Fiend, and you know we're hearing the rumors that maybe the Fiend's going to get slammed into this picture. Is this why this is booked this way? <clears throat> I don't the know. Fiend, maybe. The Fiend's going to get involved somehow, and and it is going to cause some sort of. Uh, um, screwballness to this, I, I don't know, but I, I'm curious go, going into this match, how or into this whole show, how it's going to kind of end up. Yeah, but we don't really know. And then I don't know. I, I I think I think those two matches are going to be a. I don't know. I, I don't want to say they're going to be hard to watch, but I'm going to be tired at the end. Yeah, um, I, I just don't feel like booking Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins for a singles match has been really well put together as a storyline. I feel like there's no heat between them two as individuals. I don't right. feel like, I don't feel confident. The, the problem is, it should be the opposite, where you go, how can Seth Rollins beat, beat Braun Strowman? But I oddly enough feel the opposite. How the hell could Braun Strowman ever beat Seth Rollins? And it, it should Seth not be that way. Put- Brock down again. Yeah, so he's the beast slayer. So at this point, twice, in, in, twice this year. Yeah. So in the if you had like some sort of like ESPN power rankings of wrestlers, he would be at like the S tier would be where Seth Rollins is, and Braun is like he'd at be, an A ranking. Be, he's an A. Uh, he's he's a t- he's a top 
but he's not the top where Seth right. Rollins sits at with the higher echelon of people. Um, currently, just because of the people he's beaten to get there. Um, right. And and again, booking themselves into a corner and flying off to see their pants booking. I don't understand why they don't just build out stories for any much longer. But maybe that's well, just and, a, and a symptom could, of the roster. Well, and right now that could just be they're trying to get some things out of the way so they can build longer stories. That's what I'm hoping for. This is like when they have the transition to Fox, this is what they're trying to do is just getting stuff out of the way so that they can transition to Fox and having a hard brand split again, hopefully, and not none of this wild card BS. Um, the wild card's the kind of died. The, the wild card's kind of died, to be honest with you. Yeah, they haven't really mentioned it yet in the past, like, couple tapings so hopefully that's a sign of no more wild cards thank god but yeah um that that of course is on sunday you got anything else i think that's it i've, I've talked myself out of out of off the off the cliff of wrestling at this point and uh of course we have work in the morning so i think we should probably wrap this up soon because lord knows i need to keep talking for another eight hours tomorrow <laughs> right um, one thing that we are going to do, I, I've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. I'm finally getting a uh, pen to paper, so to speak. We're going to, we're going to talk new Japan here in a few weeks, Matt. Yeah. Finally. Um, yeah. Uh, we're, we're trying to find kind of a rhythm with, with the six, eight, five, how we want to do things. Uh, we're, we're going to do, I don't know how many parts, but it's going to be a multi-part special. We're going to talk the 2019 must-see New Japan matches. If you don't follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, you're missing out. There's some good stuff going on in New Japan this year. Some stuff I need to play catch-up on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we will touch on the G1. We're going to talk Russell Kingdom. Uh, we'll, we'll talk the the Jericho-Okada um, match at, at Dominion. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk a few things. We don't know where the ending point will be for this. We might stretch this out to the end of the calendar year, uh, leading into next year's Russell Kingdom, which takes place at the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. We're we're going to start writing a, the the show out here in the next couple of weeks, uh, and then start getting it up and going, and then we'll just get it out when we get it out. So soon, 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 soon. Yeah, we, we want to get some some of that gaijin knowledge out there of, of what some right. good Japanese wrestling is and what to watch. Because a lot of people always ask me, oh, oh, I, I want to try New Japan, but what should I watch first? Well, we'll tell you what, what good stuff to watch. Right, to Ma- your, matches, to what your matches, appetite. Just, matches for this year. Yeah, just uh, just recent matches. Yeah, we're not going to tell right. you to start diving in deep. Like, here, watch this match from '85 with Antonio Inoki or something. No, no, no. It'll be 19. Yeah. I mean, 29 to 2019, not 19. 2019 matches that are are really good, relevant, and, and, and fun to watch. You know, we may we may plunk a couple of matches out of 2018 to talk about too. Yeah, if they're relevant but, enough, but, totally. But a couple of them, not all of them, because yeah. there, there's there's excuse me, there's a lot of wrestling to watch, and we've said it. Mm-hmm. With oh, yeah. New Japan, with New Japan, it's one of those you got to have time because New Japan, it's not a quick watch. No, <laughs> it's dense. Uh, it's dense, but but it's very very good. It's very good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Matt, uh, you got anything else? You good? I think I'm good. I've said my piece, and I would just tell people, hey, follow me on Twitter for you know a shout out to my dozens and dozens of fans on Twitter. Um, just hit me up at MC Mathematic. That's M C M A T H E M A T I K, and be part of the Mathematic Militia. You can get updates on anything about pro wrestling, video games, anime, and other weeb stuff. So hit me up. 
or or you just listen to uh, you watch me just trash talk him the whole time. I do that a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, for for my buddy Matt there, uh, I am Josh. This has been the Six Eight Five here on the WWE Sports Podcast Network. Until next time, take it easy. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Six Eight Five, a WWE Sports Podcast. Please follow this podcast by subscribing to WWE Sports Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can also find this podcast on SoundCloud. You can find us online via Twitter and Instagram at WW Sports Pod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WW Sports Pod. On behalf of the hosts, we'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast and we'll catch you soon. Goodbye, everyone.